Chapter Thirteen of the Photographer's Evidence. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Photographer's Evidence by Nicholas Carter. Chapter Thirteen: An Arrest. Nick's breath was knocked out of him, but he was not stunned. He knew partly what had happened. It was a wild beast that had borne him to the ground. Kerr's remarks about the panther scare flashed upon his memory. Evidently, this beast had sprung upon him from the top of the ledge. He could feel the great limbs quivering, and one of the claws scratched his hand. All this was in a quarter of a second. In the next second, Nick had exerted all his giant strength and rolled the beast over, he got upon his knees and fired his revolver three times in rapid succession at the huge carcass that he could feel but not see in front of him then a rough surprised voice interrupted him gee willikins how many of em be ye anyway only one stranger replied nick getting to his feet gosh i thought it mought be a regiment by the way ye fired got a double quick action repeater ain't ye nick did not reply at once the beast was still clawing the ground frantically and he was not sure that another dose of lead was not necessary then a little flame glowed in the darkness near by the man who had spoken to him had struck a match he held it first over the dying panther for such it was and then remarked in a satisfied tone done for four times dead i reckon then he took a step forward and held the match close to Nick's face. The men looked at each other in silence for a moment. Nick saw a surprised, honest-looking face, that of a hardy backwoodsman, and he caught a glimpse of the rifle that the man held loosely in the hollow of his arm. The backwoodsman saw a well-dressed tenderfoot, whose coat was torn by the panther's claw, whose face was grimed with dirt and smeared with blood by golly stranger said the backwoodsman you're not jist fit to enter a beauty show not but what ye may be a slick-lookin chap when yer a face is washed the detective laughed heartily i reckon pard he said that you saved my life reckon i did returned the other quietly but i come close to killin you to do it I felt your bullet hiss past my face, so should ye thought that mot have scared ye to death? Oh, no, I'm used to that. You don't say, but I'm not used to enemies that spring on a man in the dark without making any noise of warning. That's what the panther did. Yes, he'd ha had ye, sure, if I hadn't been here to fire. It was good luck. Wall? i dunno about the luck of it i was here on purpose been a-lookin fur that critter indeed yes the pesky varmint has been worryin the life out of us and to-night i jist made up my mind that i'd get him i was pretty durn certain he'd be on the trail somewhere for there's enough as comes over it you know to give the scent i thought he'd be watchin fur prey but I didn't have no idee that he'd git a chance at any. That's war I'm surprised. 
how come ye here stranger i'll tell you in a minute nick answered just explain to me first how you managed to take that shot in time i heard the beast springing just as you fired why said the backwoodsman i was waitin here hopin the scent of me would bring the varmint along and of course i wasn't makin no noise about it then i heard steps yourn you know and i was wondering about it as you come down the steep part of the trail if you look up at the top of the ledge thar you'll see that the risin moon makes the top line quite clear wall i had my gun up for i didn't know but what you might be an enemy when all of a sudden i saw a black mass on the clear ledge of the rock up thar i knowed what it was and the thing jumped there wasn't no time to think about it i knowed the critter had spied you and was springin fur ye and i had to fire then or not at all so i blazed while the beast was in the air it was too late to save you from a knockdown, but the critter was dead when he hit you them shots of yours was mighty slick ones comin as fast as they did just as ef you was out practisin at a target but they was good powder and lead throwed away i can spare the powder and lead nick responded and at the time i couldn't believe that the panther had been hit in the heart he was making a furious struggle yes drawled the backwoodsman it takes them critters some time to die but how did you come here i was going along the road on horseback when the animal died suddenly died shot gosh it was meant for me huh robbers perhaps but they let me alone mebby they knowed you was handy with a gun i shouldn't wonder anyhow i had business out this way so i came along i took the trail to save time so business out here you say yes i'm looking for hank lowe's place i presume it's not much further is it hank lowe's no it ain't much further about two gunshots there was surprise and suspicion in the man's tone this trail will bring me there i suppose said nick twill if ye follow it far enough then i shall have to go on i'm much obliged hold on stranger what's your business with hank low i'll tell that too low then you can tell it to me why are you yes i am my name's hank low nick had guessed as much he held out his hand in the darkness and grasped that of the man who had saved his life low returned the grasp rather feebly mr low said nick i am more obliged to you than ever what do you want of me demanded low in a surly tone i want to talk to you about the land you sold some months ago do you belong to the company that bought it the question came quickly and low's voice was harsh there was no longer the good-natured tone in which he had spoken while talking about the panther no replied nick i haven't anything to do with the company i heard you were swindled that was it stranger cried low nothing short of it people say i was beat in a business deal but i'm telling ye it was a squar deal i'd like to know all about it what's your name 
nicholas be you a lawyer not exactly but i may be able to set you right in some ways that you may not have thought of wall mr nicholas come down to the house i've got nothing to hold back and ef you're interested you can hear the whole story low talked as they walked along through the woods his voice continued to be harsh as he told of the trick that had been played upon him but nick saw that claymore had kept well within the law it wasn't fair thought the detective but it was what would be called a business deal and low was beaten no wonder he feels sore but he can't do anything about it of course low mentioned the reverend elijah judson in the course of his story his voice was more angry at this point i can't understand an out and out villain said he but it seems a durned sight worse when a preacher takes to swindling now don't it mr nicholas i should say so replied nick if i was sure that the preacher had known that the scheme was unfair no how could he help it ain't he president of the company he was was ef he ain't now then thar's been a mighty sudden change will ye come into the house mr nicholas they had come to cleared land at the bottom of the hill and lowe's house was plainly seen in the moonlight a few rods away none of the windows were lighted no said nick your wife and children are asleep by this time and we might wake them up we can talk out here just as well can't we sure they sat down on a log near a shallow brook that crossed the farm the moon rays reflected from the water straight into nick's eyes and his attention was curiously attracted must be handy having running water on your place he remarked huh returned low that's war you reckon wrong i thought so when i took this land and i found out my mistake too late what's the matter durned if i know the cattle won't drink it and i don't like the taste myself i've had to dig a well up on the hill thar and run the water to my house and barn through pipes that cost a good bit but it was the only way i could get water that would do they were silent for a moment then low said i seen that cuss judson to-day so yes he was up here with claymore in the early morning i met him and we had a john match i spoke pretty hot i reckon but i can't help it when i think how i've been used there's my wife and children you see i never have been able to give them the nice things i'd like to ef they had let me in on the deal i mought ha got money enough to dress my children right smart and send them to school in the city what should you say suggested nick if you heard that the company had got left in buying your land eh got left what do you mean suppose that after all the land proves to be as worthless as you thought begosh twould serve em right i guess that's the case wall i'm durn glad to hear it but it don't make me feel any better toward those swindlers i kind o thought the preacher chap wanted to squar things but i found i was mistaken so how was that he met me again in the city and asked me to call on him at the hotel reckon he had some new slick scheme up his sleeve 
did you call on him yep well he wouldn't see me that's odd i thought so at the time i told him i'd be there at half past three and he said he'd wait for me i was there on time and i went right up to his room what did he say say he didn't say nothin i didn't see him he wouldn't let me in did he know you were there sure i knocked and heard somebody stirrin in the room i'm sure of that so when he didn't say come in i knocked again it's hank low says i loud and sharp if you want to see me speak up quick for i ain't got any time to waste on ye thar won't no answer to that so i sung out that he was off and i waltzed downstairs fast i was kind oh afraid he might call me back and i didn't want to hear him for i was as mad as a hornet and i was afraid that ef him and me got together thar'd be trouble did you leave the hotel at once yep drove straight home and didn't see him then nor since did you notice any excitement around the hotel as you drove away excitement reckon not a feller i know spoke to me but i was too durn mad to answer him decent but didn't you notice anything else low thought a moment now i think of it he said i do remember seeing two or three men runnin down the street at the side of the hotel but i was so durn mad that i didn't turn my head the whole town mought a been on fire for all i cared i was thinkin of how i'd been cheated i understand if nick had had any doubt of this man's innocence it was all gone now Lowe was no actor just a plain honest farmer bull-headed quick-tempered and unreasonable perhaps but no murderer he couldn't have told his story of the afternoon in that straightforward way if he had been guilty mr low said nick after a pause judson is dead dead repeated the farmer in a tone that showed the greatest surprise how long since mr nicholas he died while you were at the door to his room you don't mean it he was murdered what thrown from his window to the sidewalk good lord then that was what those men were running for yes they went to pick him up the farmer sat with his elbows on his knees staring open-mouthed at nick that's awful ain't it he whispered it is said nick and there's something else that is still more awful he paused but low said nothing it is perfectly well known nick added that you started up to judson's room just before the deed low became very attentive but it was plain that the truth was not dawning on him yet and that you came down again in a hurry added the detective immediately afterward it is also well known that you threatened mr judson this was enough the light burst upon the honest farmer suddenly in the moonlight his face was ghastly white and his voice almost choked as he said mr nicholas you don't mean to set there and tell me there's folks as say i done it that is what they say returned nick quietly low groaned and buried his face in his hands my wife has often told me he sobbed that that sharp tongue of mine would get me into trouble 
i see it all fits in like the handle into an axe listen said nick there isn't going to be as much trouble as you think for i told you that i was not a lawyer but that i might be able to help you i am a detective mr low the farmer uncovered his face and looked frightened now i said my name was nicholas the detective went on and that was the truth but only a part of it my last name is carter low started from new york he gasped yes the farmer shook from head to toes he laid his trembling hands on nick's arm and began mr carter i've hearn tell of you that you're keen and hard when it comes to criminals but you're straight with innocent men i swear you don't need to interrupted nick you are as innocent as i am and i know it i believed it when i started out to see you but i am going to arrest you for murder nevertheless mr carter i don't understand what will my poor wife say you needn't let her know i want you to understand though suspicion has been put on you by an enemy of yours now if i lock you up overnight it will make this enemy believe that i have finished my work see you want to blind him yes then i can hunt for the real murderer in my own way all right mr carter low was perfectly quiet he did not talk or act like the hot-tempered man who had threatened mr judson you can tell your wife said nick that a man wants you to go to the city on business about the land deal let her think that some good luck has come your way i don't think you'll have to disappoint her afterward then hitch up your horse and we'll go back together low agreed to this without argument he went into the house and was gone several minutes then he went into the barn and hitched up a little later he and the detective were jogging over the road toward denver End of chapter thirteen